It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. This is Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford Jr., the grateful owner of KWM Radio God Country, Texas, King Country, KWM, and I'm sitting with my co-host, Dallas Elder Law Attorney, Michael N. Cohen. Hello, Michael. What is the N stand for? I don't know what N stands for. My middle initial is B, so I'm always waiting with bated breath to see what that N may stand for. Is it exciting to you that I throw out a new initial? Well, it, it always can. It's, it's, it just creates confusion, but but okay. that's okay. Tell me what this. Uh, well, it's never offensive. I, I hope it's not offensive, but uh, Michael N stands for New Year. Ah, okay. Well, that's and, fine. And Michael N stands for the word I just used, never, because. The, the theme of every program that you have taught me and the listeners and Tiara over there, the lovely producer, is never say never. Because that's what you're trying to impress upon the listeners. Oh, well, she would never. Oh, he would never. And then today's topic, I think, rolls right into that because we talk about step families. And when you get married, well, we'll never get divorced. So we'll never have stepchildren. We'll never have stepmothers, et cetera, et cetera. And you might have said never. But in fact, it actually did happen. And when you have step family members, it really complicates estate planning, I understand. When nursing, I will say this, I think, in, I think in every estate planning attorney might agree. When there's a second marriage and there's children involved, it's always a red flag. Okay, um, mm-hmm. I mean it's just it's just the way it is. What does that mean? That oh, because because the there's road? yep yep there's going to be some issues. I'm so sorry to say that, yeah. and I don't I don't mean to offend anybody, but we're always at risk. But there's more risk. Let me just put it this way: I know that there's a lot of people said no, that's not like you say never, right? And I'm sure that you believe that and all that kind of all that is maybe very well good and true, but it's amazing. A lot of times that people have the best of intentions, and I can think of client after client mm-hmm. that after the spouse dies and you say, oh, yeah, we're going to take care of his kids equally afterwards, and then they say after he died, well, I have it. my relationship with his kids mm-hmm. has gone south or I don't talk to them anymore mm-hmm. or they cut the turkey without me on Thanksgiving or some other justifiable reason why they wanted to go all to their kids as opposed to what was agreed with originally my parents got divorced when i was eight years old and uh both wrote both parents rolled into new marriages within a few years and um and then yeah and that was it so uh i have uh two-step parents and never connected with them they never connected with me and to use the n-word again never when often do you ever hear someone say, oh, I really love my stepfather, or I really love well, my stepdaughter? Whoever says that? I mean, one well, out of 20. Well, actually, in my family, uh-huh. uh, my wife's uh, father died, okay. and uh, uh, she uh, remarried mm-hmm. the 
my mother-in-law, and I really do, really, really, really do like my stepfather. That's good. I That's really, rare. really That's exception, do. Though. Um, I really do. I think he's great. Good. And um, uh, the well, um, we just visited him at the end of the year. Good. Um, and it was, you know, it's great. Now, and I get along with his children. Mm-hmm. Good. But yeah. what do I? What do I expect? And, and I, oh, God forbid, but um, in my mind, and maybe because I think about bad things, and maybe it's just the occupational hazard that I have, right. I could already see that there could be issues for my mother in law dealing with his children after he dies. Everything may be somewhat okay now. Yeah. But. I don't want to go into personal things, but basically, I could see the tea leaves, and I and and really, um, even though everybody gets along now, I, I could see where when after the glue has been erased or t- taken off, that unfortunately things could go awry, yeah. and, and 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 from a planner's perspective, maybe it's because I see it happen so often. Mm-hmm. I had it this week. All right, I would always want to take care of Jim's children. Okay, well, and Jim dies, and actually, two marriages later, and I married so and so, and he's got his, and I got mine. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I don't want. I want to change what I did before, because Jim's children weren't so nice at this or that. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's that's what happens, and that's the real world. Mm -hmm. Is that relationships change. People die, people get become disabled, mm-hmm. people get married, people get divorced, people get sued. Yeah. In, in my world, you see all these bad things. Mm-hmm. And so you say, well, gee, and so if I just had a, let's say I had a will that said everything to my spouse, have I protected my spouse? No. Okay, let's say I um, that I, I took out a dollar and that represented everything I have, mm-hmm. and I gave that uh, to my spouse. What could she do with that money? Anything she wants. Well, again, have I protected my spouse? Well, maybe not, because that spouse could give that to a new spouse, right. or that spouse may get sued, or that spouse, anything can happen bad to that spouse. Mm-hmm. So what can we do? So let's say I, I had children, and, um, um, and I wanted to protect from the new step family. So I wonder. Let's say I want them. I want all my assets to go to my uh, spouse, but I'm concerned about remarriage. Instead of, instead of giving it all to spouse directly, you could give it to spouse in a trust. Mm-hmm. And you can put different elements of protection that you want to make sure that it goes the way you want after that spouse dies. Or maybe even you have that second marriage, all to spouse. But instead of it to to spouse uh, directly, it could be used for the spouse, maybe for their health or education or maintenance or support. Be tax issues here. That's the reason why I use those terms. Mm-hmm. That's what's called an ascertainable standard. Okay, heard that. Uh, the but basically you could use it for that person's benefit, and you could put parameters for protection. 
in there. So then upon that trust, um, after the spouse has used, used those funds for benefit during lifetime, then it goes to your children. Okay, so it doesn't go directly because they could deal with it wherever they want. It goes into a trust. You put the parameters of how there's distributions, and then it, after that person's death, it goes the way you want to your children. Okay? Mm-hmm. So now what does that do? By the way, sometimes people use that also for creditor protection. When it goes into an irrevocable trust, you also protect that person from lawsuits. So now are you not only concerned you protected not only from the spouse remarrying, but you've also protected the spouse from lawsuits. Got it. So is that important to you? Yes. What if you say, I want to make sure what else can I do besides protecting in the form of trust, which is the most common thing, by the way. You protect by the form of a trust uh, because it says, okay, for you. And by the way, what, you, does, what about if you have um, an IRA? Well, an IRA just generally has a beneficiary. If you have a larger amount of IRA, even if you didn't, there's a way to get around that too. Mm-hmm. Instead, if you have special language in a trust, you could have the IRA beneficiary be the trust. So instead of to the, to the spouse outright as a beneficiary, you could have it go to them in a trustee IRA. Trustee IRA. So a lot of, if it's certainly if it's large enough, some of the major fin- financial institutions even have trustee IRAs that you could even use. You don't have to necessarily use the attorney for that, which is okay. Of course, they charge a fee for being the trustee, but then they make sure that things are done the way you want, and then upon death it goes to your children or whomever your beneficiaries might be. So, so not even so even things that are not necessarily in a will or a trust, because usually an IRA is not in a will or a trust, because it would be a taxable event if it did occur. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you change an IRA into somebody else's name, a trust, let's say, then you've taken out of the IRA, and when you take out of the IRA, you get income tax. Got it. So you have it um, where the trust is the beneficiary of the IRA. Which also I should mention, um, you could still have a uh, you could still have this tax benefits for the uh, spouse. Although we think that the law might change for beneficiaries in the near future, we don't know. There's that Secure Act that's out there, uh, so stretching uh, uh, on dealing with stretches uh, an inherited IRA, uh, changing gears for just a split second. Mm -hmm. So what we could think about for 2020, what could occur. Uh, so here's one of the things that could occur is that beneficiaries of IRAs right uh, in, in the past have been able to stretch. In other words, stretch it over their life expectancy so you could defer taxation. Um, and then um, so their, your money grows ta- with not only tax deferred, and uh, it grows generally. Now, great many people, however, just take the money if they're the – Let's say you're the kid, and you're the beneficiary. And they said, "Just take the money. Well, I'll take the tax." So, exactly. let's say you had uh, three hundred thousand dollars in an IRA that that person got. They said, "Okay, go ahead and tax me a hundred thousand uh, dollars 
uh, I'll take the 200000 run, exactly. Right, and that's probably what the majority of the people do. Yeah. However, if you're more well-to-do mm-hmm. uh, you would you and you don't need the money, it would be better to stretch because mm-hmm. your money grows. Like when you win the lottery. You want a yeah. lump sum or you yeah. want it stretched yeah. out over 10 years? Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So the SECURE Act, right now you could take your money immediately. Uh, you could take it out over five years. So let's use that example of 300000 If you took the one child – has three hundred thousand. They say, "Okay, I'm going to take my money immediately." But takes a hundred thousand dollar tax hit immediately. The second child says, "Well, I'm only," and, and you're going to be taxed on that, you know, as if it was income to you. That child. The second child takes it out of um, uh, takes it to um, over five years. So that's sixty thousand dollars a year, roughly. So you're only taxed on sixty thousand. Uh, the the next child says, I'm going to stretch it over my life expectancy. So let's say they had a 30-year life expectancy. That's only $10,000 a year. Mm. Well, the the proposed law, the House version, had it where you had could limit it to 10 years. In other words, only be taxed on 30000 And the Senate version was five years. So you'd be taxed on that 60000 a year is the most that you could stretch. So you won't have the – we don't think uh, – we think that the reason for Congress is to um, – has this uh, the idea is for you to save for retirement, but not to make your child wealthy? Right, very good. Yeah, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then you know we talked, we even briefly mentioned this on a prior show. So this, you say this is uh, maybe it'll reduce the deficit a little bit because how much do we have on our um, in retirement accounts? Right. So, anyways, we'll see if this what if what happens here. Congress has been a little bit preoccupied lately. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Michael's laid this out so far. You, you hear the dynamics, the complications, the possibilities. Uh, a lot of stuff can happen. Um, I remind uh, gently and, and kindly the audience of the four-step process, four steps being listened to the show. Go to Michael's website at DallasElderLawyer.com or Google Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, in Dallas. Um, then sign up for his workshop on that website once you read about him and realize he's the very real deal. And then lastly, go to that free vision meeting once you attend the workshop. That's that's the chronological order. That's the four-step process that is best for you. And again, you have to go to the workshop to get that free vision meeting, which then means and entails three hours of free expertise from Michael Cohen. Two hours at the workshop that allows you to ask questions about your individual circumstances, allows you to listen to others' situations that you can internalize and perhaps apply to yours. And then lastly, to attend that vision meeting, to sit down privately with Michael and go over what's happening in your life and what you're envisioning in that vision meeting. Uh, but that's probably why he called it. He calls it that. And the way to do that, again, is to sign up for his next workshop, which is Thursday, January the 23rd at 1 o'clock. Michael's located right off of 635 and 75. I use the numbers. Everybody calls them LPJ and all these other funny names. I like to use the numbers. Uh, Right off the freeway there at the Forest Avenue exit, you say? Uh, Forest uh, Lane. Forest Lane. Forest Lane. uh, Forest Lane. We're in North Dallas. it's near Medical City Hospital. Mm-hmm. So we have a conference center in our building where we have the workshops, mm-hmm. uh, which we uh, generally have a waiting list. So if you are interested in going to that free estate planning essentials workshop, I do uh, suggest that you might give us a call at that 214-720-0102 number uh, as soon as possible. That's, again, 214 720 
or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. And by the way, if you do go to that DallasElderLawyer.com website, you'll see that a lot of the different things we talk about, we've written articles on, and also there's the podcast that you can listen to on any of the shows that we've had, which, you know, we vary from week to week. We never know what we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, but usually it's on a diff- something different every week. And you can sign up for Michael's monthly newsletter as well, and you can see what an excellent writer he is and follow him on a monthly basis, understand what's going on in the world in terms of maybe legislation, ominous um, new bills that may be passed, etc. So that's also another reason to go to the website. Yeah, and also subscribe to the podcast as well. I mean, the, you know, we... You'll, you'll, it's, it's amazing how many more people are listening to podcasts these days. It seems like it would be a real trend. So this is another way that you could do things at your leisure. Uh, but still, when you go to the free estate planning essentials workshop, you not only see your answers to your questions, but you'll see the answers to others and things that you haven't thought about. And it could get more specific as to what your situation might be. But even if you if that's still not specific enough, uh, those two free hours of estate planning, whatever uh, questions that you might have or the questions of others, we also give a free vision meeting, free one-hour vision meeting, uh, no obligation, where you could go and see what your specific situation is to see if your goals are being met as we've met this new year. I, as we said on prior shows, I consider it like a love letter to make sure that your loved ones are taken care of the way you want under the terms and conditions that you desire. Uh, and w- and protect yourself not only during uh, at your during lifetime because you could become disabled as well as protecting your others so that things go to them uh, on your own terms without delay uh, uh, and under the conditions that you think is best and to protect them from bad things that occur. It's not just how things are received. It's how what's the situation at the time of your passing, which nobody is God to the best of my knowledge. Well said. Um, and Michael is there to give you protection to give you control so that things happen according to your desires and your beliefs that's the beauty of it and the way to make sure you do that is to go to his next workshop again google michael cohen c-o-h-e-n dallas is all you need go to dallaselderlawyer.com michael you brought something to mind that i think is very interesting i could be wrong about this but i'm also of the understanding that when you create a will or a trust you also need to make certain um, when it comes to stepchildren, for example, who doesn't inherit anything, yeah. not just who does. You have to almost be that specific, and this person gets nothing, and this person, et cetera. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, we always uh, – you're, you're, you're absolutely right because let's say that um, – well, we often like to say that we purposely omitted somebody if they thought that they could be a beneficiary because um, – we don't want to think that we forgot somebody. We said um, somebody may argue, oh, we just forgot him. Oh, you're getting older. He just forgot. You know, mm-hmm. we just automatically assume that this or that, that you, people were, um, become less, um, you know, they don't remember as much. Uh, but so, so it's easier. It, it's not just some all-inclusive statement 
some sweeping remark that says, if anybody's not mentioned in this plan, you get nothing. You've got to name them by name, essentially. I, uh, we like to say so-and-so is – so-and-so may or may not have been a child or whatever, or whatever the relationship, but I provided for him to the – or what, whomever to the extent that I desired during my lifetime or some sort of statement like that mm. that says, okay, I didn't forget you, but – Whatever. Now, sometimes if you are fearful of a contest, so if you have a will, it's more likely to be contested, although trust can be contested too. Right. But, you know, with a will, you have to go by the state's rules and there's delays, etc. A lot of times in all of our doc, all our wills and trusts, we have a no contest provision. Mm-hmm. But sometimes uh, you are concerned that even if you left nothing, they still might, what do they have to lose to sue? Exactly. So you might want to give them something. Another, so that gets into the, some of the other issues that you might do uh, in the stepchild situation or step family. Uh, you could say, give them something at the time of the first one dies. So maybe you buy a life insurance policy mm-hmm. that says, okay, the life insurance goes to these uh, children or something else that they're the beneficiary of, mm-hmm. so they don't feel like that they're being left out. Uh, and and it also gets into other issues. Remember, uh, even on something simple as personal property items. I remember uh, reading about Robin Williams, the famed comedian who died several years ago. Remember, he unfortunately took his life because uh, he had some uh, dementia-related issues. And he had been married uh, several times, mm-hmm. and his children were fighting over the wedding dress that was given to the third wife. Mm-hmm. And so this was the big dispute on personal property items. Now, how? so it may have said in the will, all my personal property to my children. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe on this case, the wedding dress, who would think that you would fight over a wedding dress? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm... <laughs> But when things are acrimonious, anything is possible. Like with Prince, for example, he left a mess, uh, unfortunately, for the the, uh, survivors. And I understand there are also some estate plans, Michael, that says if you contest what your portion is, you get nothing. That's absolutely what you do. And is that legal and anybody can do that? Uh, It is legal, but then they look at the other things. There's ways to fight it that um, say, well, I'm not really contesting the will. I really just want somebody else's executor. I want this or that. Uh, It could be other ways that they try to fight it. But, yes, well, no contest provisions are are, 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 are recognized, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times it's harder to – they are enforced – we put them in every document, but I remember um, we did have. I've, I've only had one will that I could ever recall that I have done mm-hmm. that has ever been contested. And in that case, it went all to spouse and then equally to the children. But one of the children thought that wasn't fair. Oh boy! And I p- told the since I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm not a litigator. I said, "Be sure, litigator." that you use that no contest provision to cut out that child, and let's see how far this thing goes. Mm-hmm. Very good. Eventually, it did get cut. Eventually, instead of being cut out, they dropped the suit. Smart. But, so, but it wasn't without uh, some issues still. They still had litigation for some period of time, mm-hmm. but eventually they saw the uh, error of their ways. It's, it's shocking that somebody thinks that something is unequal is not fair, <laughs> but that's the one time that I can think of. Usually when it is unequal, that is when there is more likelihood of a contest. Mm-hmm. So if you say 50% goes to this child, but this child only gets 20%, and this other child gets X%, there mm-hmm. is more likelihood of a suit. 
Now, at least they got something, but when things are not quote-unquote fair, so that was in a very extremely unusual case that I told you about. Uh, So um, anyway, just realize that you want to do something to be fair if you can, but that doesn't mean you have to be fair. It's your money. You can do whatever you want. Remember we talked about um, the French Elvis a uh, couple months ago, sure. where he, he wanted everything to do the second, the fourth wife actually, right. uh, and his children in France uh, said, "What do you mean? Well, you can't disinherit us under French law." Right. They were upset. What a mess! Under the United States law, you could disinherit. Under French law, you cannot disinherit your children. Right. So the laws of different countries are different, or maybe Louisiana, <laughs> based on French law. Right. Uh, so, the, so, so, so you might consider leaving something um, for the children, whether it be a life insurance policy or perhaps an annuity, or maybe if, if, if an IRA was done prior to marriage, maybe an IRA, sure. or perhaps you can have to, to Of course, then we also have to consider the issues for the children. What's their story? Mm-hmm. Do they have those credit issues or bad marriages or mm-hmm. things like that? So it does get a little bit more complicated than you just saying, oh, yeah, I just want it to go to so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to also look at the condition of so-and-so and what is it that you want to insure on that beneficiary. I wonder if they call it step-families and step-children and step-parents because you're going to step in mud as soon, yeah. as, as, soon as they become part of your life. I don't really know, but... You do have some final thoughts on that and how to prevent those messes. Well, I think that the things uh, – I'm going to just say the things that we've just said primarily that, that you should f- first think about. And by the way, you could on the personal property, you could do, have done that in several different ways. Uh, you could have something in a will. Mm-hmm. You could have something in a memorandum that may not be binding. Uh, but you could say something in your will, oh, it's going to go according to my memorandum. So you could either have it in the will or trust, say how you want it, or you could have a memorandum, or you could have a lottery system, or you could have uh, all sorts of different types of ways that you could do different things uh, that usually, so like when we go through the planning process, would you like to do it this way on the personal property? Would you like to do it this way? Would you like to do it this way? So it's just like anything, just like we say about the Baskin-Robbins, which flavor did you like? Mm -hmm. So, but I think that probably the most common thing is when you have a second marriage, uh, if there's any concern, is using a trust within your will or within your trust. A trust within a will or a trust within a trust for the benefit of the spouse. But don't forget about maybe buying that life insurance policy or something, giving something to the children. Uh, it doesn't have to be a life insurance policy. It could be just something in that will or trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just also talked about uh, the division of personal property. Don't forget that. People get, you know, over the littlest of things. Uh, people, like I told you, with the Robin Williams story with mm-hmm. the wedding dress, which seems to be so – who would care about somebody else's wedding dress? Mm-hmm. But if you get mad, people get mad. It's just like a divorce. Mm-hmm. People get mad over the s- silliest of things I'm because sure. it's emotional, not ri- rational. Okay. And so uh, we have to consider emotion. You know, And then when it comes to money, though, you know, people a lot of times come out of the woodwork. So do you want to plan – do you want to protect your loved ones? Do you want to protect not only your perhaps new spouse, but do you want to also protect your family members, perhaps from you know from prior to this marriage? You can do it, mm-hmm. but you got to take the steps to do it. And if you have it, well, those are some of the things that you could do. If you want to know more about that, you can come to our next workshop. Come to the next workshop again. The steps, as Michael said, are listen to the program, go to the website, sign up for the workshop. 
and then attend the workshop and vision meeting. Five steps almost for that matter. Also sign up for his newsletter from his work, his, his website, which is very helpful and knowledgeable. And also that workshop is scheduled for now, Thursday, January the 23rd at one o'clock, no traffic to fight. He'll have coffee and cookies and the like for you. And the way to do that is to Google Dallas Michael Cohen, and he'll come up, C-O-H-E-N. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com for the specific website or dial 214-720-0102. Happy New Year to you, Don, and I appreciate this opportunity, and I look forward to this coming year. What May it be great for everybody, all the listeners, as well as you, uh, for a healthy and happy and fruitful New Year. Thank you, Michael. The same to you. Thank you. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 214- That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770-KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 